Welcome to Thirst for Knowledge, episode 14. I'll be your host tonight. Uh, my name is Steve Hendrickson, and with me as always is Lawrence Harmon. What's up? Man, I am I am a loss for words today. It's like I've had my uh, vocabulary restricted. Yeah, like all day-ish. I was kind of just like, oh, I don't know what we're going to talk about on the podcast because nothing is going on in magic. And then Wizards decide to just Stone Cold Stunner every format. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. They left Except Modern for Pioneer. They left Except Modern. Except for Pioneer. Yeah, Modern and Pioneer got saved. But everybody Mod- else uh, got lapped. I think Modern's on a seven-day reprieve. Just so, uh, <laughs> because the GP coming up, I, I, gave, I think they gave uh, Urza and Once Upon a Time a uh, a, a borrowed time. Yeah, but there's a, a legacy GP as well, so, you know, I think they just kind of are just like whatever about modern right now. <clears throat> there's no Pro Tour schedule for it, right? Like all the modern right. Pro Tours got turned into a uh, Pioneer. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, and yeah. like with legacy, there's no Pro Tours, but the player base is screamed at Watsy enough. So... Let's go over it. So uh, our uh, ban list today, standard, a bunch of cards that were mistakes. We don't really need to name them. You know them. Um, <laughs> if you don't know the bans. Let's let's just skip to the relevant part. Ren and Six, Band and Legacy, Narset, Parter Veils, Restricted and Vintage. Uh, both things I heavily agree with. Yep. I well, I even agree with the standard bannings because it was flavorful. It was three bannings, so they were three for three on the cards that needed to go. So even the ban and restricted list was out, I guess. Um, and I know that's poor pun, but it's funny. I mean, it's uh, it's it's on flavor. So uh, the brawl, the brawl announcement was already old. Red and six, though, I was, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I was shocked. I, I expected ah. Ren and, I expected it to go, but I still wasn't. I was surprised that they cared enough to go ahead and knock it down. I guess. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not super surprised, but it is kind of a. I don't. Eh. Standard's been basically unplayable for a while, right? And we had the Pro Tour that was basically dominated by the three cards in the standard ban list, Oko, Once Upon a Time, and Renin, or Veil of Summer, so that's a thing. And then, like, Renin 6 has been dominating Legacy to a degree that every Legacy player has kind of been screaming outside of a few people who have been like, oh, I don't, I don't see what the problem is, guys. And it's just like, nobody, nobody cares about your opinion. I mean, I was shocked that they were so quick. But I, I think it was actually pretty quick to, for them to make a banning. Even though, because Modern Horizons wasn't that long ago. And they don't normally act this fast on Legacy. We had Death Rate Shaman forever. So. Yeah, we had Death Rate Shaman forever. We had Top forever. And, like, that's kind of one of people's key complaints, right? Like, Wizards has been very slow in terms of how they address Legacy bannings. And I think... Um, it's hard to criticize them 
when they're finally, you know, listening to their player base and giving them the bannings that they want, right? And given they did give us, like, the death rate ban that people were screaming for, though, I think arguably death rate didn't need to be banned at that point, and you could have just banned Gataxian Probe, and that would have kind of helped a decent number of issues in the format, at least to enough of a degree to, you know, maybe get a bit more data, but that's all semantics at this point. Uh, I think that, uh, I don't know, it's, it's interesting to see Wizards listening so clearly, and... Like, I'm, I'm happy and worried, right? Like, I'm happy that they are listening to their player base. But I am worried that uh, it may end up being a squeaky wheel gets the grease sort of scenario. And, like, in this instance, that was correct. But in other situations, that may not necessarily be the way to address things. Oh, yeah. Well, it's been that way for, I think, a little bit. You know, like the, the Sensei's Divining Top meme with the sign outside of Watsi's. Like, you know, it's kind of been funny since then. Like, if you cry loud enough, call loud enough, the cards might get banned, even if they're not, you know, necessarily correct. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of frustrating, but I get it. Like, I, I definitely get it. And I think that... um. I, I think that it's nice that, you know, Wizards is listening to players who tend to focus in on the eternal formats, right? Like, the the lack of support from large TOs is a thing that's happening now. So there's kind of just, like, Magic Online and local tournaments to keep people satisfied. So it seems like less of a matter to try and maybe balance the format or I, I'm not really sure, but at least they're putting more emphasis on just like trying to have the most objective ideal of what fun is. Oh, I agree. Like, I mean, they did, and they gave us two paragraphs in the band of restricted for legacy. And um, they did mention there's like a 56% win rate. Um, and it had three times as many five O's as the next deck. Now, yeah. we, you know, we, we don't get to look at the data. Only they have that data. But that is an alarming amount of, like, data. Yeah, I mean, anecdotally, I was beating the, the living hell out of people with Rundover. So, like, you know, it doesn't really mean much. But I think that... Um, I think they're, it's good on them to actually be paying attention to the player base and, you know, keeping an eye on these things because it's, ugh. like, Eternal Formats can fly under the radar pretty hard if you aren't listening to the people who are heavily invested in them in terms of, like, what's going on. So you kind of need that outside input. So there's, you know, there's the good and bad of it. Yeah, I mean, there. Are, it, was a, it was actually, you know, two paragraphs, really short, but it was it was clean, it was crisp. It talks about Mother Runes being at a low point, playing, you know, historical prevalent metagame defining one toughness creatures. Mother of Runes, Thalia, and Young Pyromancer are gone because of Run and Six. Yeah. So. So. Everybody's focusing in on the fact that Mother of Runes is like 
non-existent, and everybody's saying that it's written six. But are you uh, talking about our boy? Are you talking about our boy? Tell me you're talking about our boy. Plague engineer? The bear that could. He's got sickness. Gang gang. <laughs> um <laughs> No, so like it. everybody so one thing about Renin Six is like there's been a lot of design flaws that have happened in Legacy in this last year. And it's not that Renin Six has been the best one, it's been it's just been the most efficient one. And Correct. just having this free wasteland lock is just like allowed you to just invalidate a lot of things. So I'm not even sure Mother Runes is even playable right now. Like I'm sure Thomas and Avolson's gonna like top eight a GP or something because it's Thomas and Avolson. But like otherwise, I fully expect um, cards like Oko and like maybe Narsen Fairy to start popping up way harder. Like I'm really worried about Oko to be honest. Um, Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see like a reactionary shift to true name nemesis being a thing just as a way to like actually combat Oko being ridiculous. Yeah, for me, um I don't think Renin Six was the problem. I think Delver in itself is the problem, but I know I'm not gonna be like there's gonna be a lot of who's and ha's and against me saying that, but like, you know, Delver came down, and that's the pressure. If you ever had a Renin Six by itself when you played Rug Delver, they almost didn't care because they could deal with it before it ulted as long as they could, you know, not have to worry about their mana base. Like, if they had a decent... If they played a clean mana base, they could fight it. But, like, when you had a Delver into Renin Six, now that's a game. Now they're all of a sudden like, I got to deal with this. While this, you know, so they got to pick to deal with the Renin Six or the Delver... And either way, you're kind of winning. You know, if, if one, one's left unchecked and it's buying you time to assemble your stuff, and it even, like, eases your mana development so you don't have to daze as aggressively because you're proactively impacting the game state and pulling ahead. And so, like, I don't know. With Red and Six going, I don't I don't think Rug Delver's playable anymore. And I'm not even sure how good Delver ah. is. Uh, you're not going to be playing Rug Delver. You might play Grixis. But I don't think uh, we'll Grixis Rug Delver is like one of the decks I'm looking at. I think Rug Delver is potentially playable where you're leaning very hard in on like turbo hooting mandrels. I think there are players who are going to like default to Nimble Mongoose. And I think that card is pretty terrible in the abstract. The only upside I see for it is that it dodges. Um... Oko. Oko, yeah. Like very specifically dodges Oko, but. It but they can also brick wall it. Blocked. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's still just kind of medium as hell, right? Yeah. So. I think Rug will die again, unfortunately. And that, that kind I of think makes. Tarmogoyf is a really strong card. It's just like, I think the card is just objectively strong, but what ends up happening is just like how much play it seems is heavily predicated on whether or not there's like a reason to be in green and goif itself isn't enough of a reason to be in green like maybe we'll see some bug delver or something i'm not generally enthused by delver decks that don't have reach but bug delver with like i don't know him and oko could be something like that card is really obnoxious so maybe maybe oko providing a steady wall of threats is enough and that's that's actually I where i think you go if, I don't. Uh, maybe you want Gilded Goose. 
the thought of playing Gilded Goose in my Delver deck. The thought of playing Gilded Goose in my Delver deck makes me want to just like vomit. But the synergy of Gilded Goose plus Oko, like I was watching Anurag play it before this, and his opponent was just like playing, or they would play Gilded Goose, right? And then they had Oko, and then they were just like making food and making three threes, and it's just like that's kind of gross. I'm not sure if I want to play that in my double deck, but maybe it's a bug control deck with Gilded yes. Goose as a enabler. Yeah. I could see it. Um, I don't love it. I could see it. Uh, I think bug is the color combination that's going to be the new blues too, because um, in the last like three, three to four months, we saw red blast just kind of fall off slowly and slowly and slowly because the rest of the format, including the premier Delver deck wasn't playing blue threats. They were playing green threats. Or they were playing colorless threats, and so Red Blast kind of just kind of kind of got mediocre, except for people who continue to build the same old sideboards. Um, but like some of the newer sets, they were playing like one Red Blast, and like they were just going smaller and smaller. And I'm curious if that proves to be still true because you can play Bug, play Thought Seizes, play stuff. You got your Veils, and you just become kind of this like I don't think you almost need Red Blast anymore. Um, I actually think quite literally the opposite. I think, um, Red Blast is going to be important for people targeting Oko. Uh, like, I feel like blue fair decks are going to go a few ways. There's going to be, like, the Grixis Delver slash Control Shells. There's going to be Oko slash White or Black for flavor. And then there's just going to be, like, kind of everything else. And if you're answering Oko, you either have to, like, have Red Blast to do so. Or you have to have, um, what is it? What's it doesn't answer it. Uh, it doesn't abrupt answer Abrupt Decay. No, the, yeah, yes. No. No, okay. I thought you were going to talk about uh, yeah. uh, Magmatic Sinkhole. <laughs> no, Magmatic Sinkhole doesn't do it. But, like, Abrupt Decay, right? But then there's, like, this weird thing where, like, if your opponent casts an Oko with one mana up, are you supposed to let their Oko resolve and then Red Blast it to play around Veil of Summer? Right. Right? That's, right. that's just like a weird thought. Um, I, that's why I, I don't like Red Blast, I, I guess, is why, what I'm worried about. So maybe that's incorrect thinking for me. But I'm um, worried because of the Thought Sees Him deck that the Red Blast will be a liability. I could see it. Like the the whole thing, like historically with bug decks, is that they are a bunch of black discard spells with green, like pseudo vanilla threats, and then a bunch of blue cards that you care about. And I don't think that really changes with Oka, right? Like one of the best answers you have for that card is exactly um, is is exactly uh, what's the card? Red Blast. So I think the card not only like fine, but also probably gains equity if the metagame shifts towards that card the way I think it will to a degree. And then like, you know, like one of the ways to combat Oko is having like Shroud Threads. We mentioned Mongoose, but that gets walled out. But like True Name Nemesis could be potentially reasonable. And yeah. 
that make Red Blast even better? Yeah, my, my initial list was like two Liliana the Veils, two Okos, some Goifs, and just lots of ones and twos on removal and interaction points. So, and th- three Veils because I think Veils going to be bonkers. That's the that that would be like my one worry is that Veil will become a very problematic card. Yeah, I mean Veil is going to be ignorant. Um, interaction just got shifted back to black in theory, so I'm most definitely worried about uh, Veil becoming like like Flusterstorm was fine. Veil is just kind of egregious by comparison. And I'm not particularly happy about that. I've, I've been explaining to people all day about, like, because everybody's like, ah, oh, is Veil even that good? I'm like, is Cryptic Command for one mana? Like, 70% of Cryptic Commands are counter draw. And then this also gets to be the proactive thing that I can just cast as an Overmaster. I'm going to cast a spell. You better counter it, because if you don't counter it, you know what happens? <laughs> like, <laughs> my spells resolve. I actually played... Um, uh, in Pioneer before the banning, I played a I played a bailout. They they countered it before with the counter on the stack. I cast another veil, and I drew two cards. <laughs> they yeah. were very they were not happy. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's that was a play pattern with that card. I could just cast it just because it was basically a thought seize overmaster. You know. Yeah, I think. Ugh. The card just creates so many terrible play patterns, and it's it's weird that we're potentially going to go a format where you're incentivized to either play like Red Blast, specifically to answer Oko, or Abrupt Decay plus Veil. And I'm not quite sure what that looks like. Like Playing Miracles or some sort of like Grixis control deck sounds like a terrible experience because you're mm-hmm. playing Reactive Shell. You know, like I said, I was watching Anurag and he was struggling to just beat his like Allurid opponent who just had Gilded Goose plus Oko. Like, that's all they had. Like, he won, but it required multiple cards out of him while his opponent basically had nothing but these two cards. Well, and he, um, it was a bunch of draw a card effects too, which I think we'll go back to. Like you said, the Imperial Recruiters that drew a card, basically, the Baleful Strixis. And we'll, like, I don't think we've had that legacy for the last, whatever, when Modern Horizons got printed. Because you couldn't afford to play these effects that just drew a card. Because your opponents were trying to kill you. If you played Baleful Strix, you just got clowned, more or less. Yeah. And now I think we could head back in the direction of value because i think the problem was well not problem i don't think it was bad rug delver wasn't like rug delver's card advantage engine was so they didn't worry about i'm gonna grind this game out that plus one and six was helping grind anyways because of the threat of the emblem so now we're gonna be back to grinding and value and i don't know i i, I secretly so hope Rixus is good Rixus delver so, so like, the Dover decks have always been mid-range decks, but they've always been, like, secretly mid-range decks. And, like, Rim and Six made that fairly overt and also just gave them an obnoxiously good long game. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious to see where those shells go. Because, like, 
And Delver's always going to be a thing. It's it's not going to like not exist. It's just like nope. ubiquitous Punisher effect of the format, uh, almost regardless of what's going on. So I I I personally think that at least like the level one Delver place will be Grixis Delver. I wouldn't be shocked if we see the shift towards like blue red Delver again, like we did earlier this year, where uh, we saw the same progressions. Like we keep just kind of keep seeing the same progression of amongst Delver decks, where it's uh, you know how efficient can you make your mana without actually exposing yourself to wasteland. So we just keep seeing three color Delver decks get shifted towards two color Delver decks uh, in an effort to beat the mirror and then you like lose points against storm more or less. yep no i agree i think it's it's been very reciprocal where we have like the delver decks the greedy delver decks emerge so they have game against the field uh the two color version comes out and says whatever you're dead you know here's price of progress here's all these burn effects while you stumble on your mana. Then they, like, they'll actually kind of shift back and we'll get back to Rug Delver's good um, because of Run and Six. Now, I don't think we'll get there again anytime soon. I don't know if Rug, it'll be now Grixis Delver filling that same role of a, a clean three-color deck. But I, I do think, think the main takeaway... Well, I think the main takeaway is, like, in part... Rug Delver isn't just like an inherently bad deck. It's just like when you're leaning in on cards like Nimble Mongoose, right? Like I love me a good Nimble Mongoosing, but um, that card's kind of very outdated. It it doesn't really hold up anymore. And uh, I think there is something to be said about just moving on, trying different things, maybe trying slightly bigger red lists, maybe going in on like the turbo Hooters list. Um, just not playing Nemo Mongoose as like your linchpin threat. Yeah, I don't know if red is good enough in the Delver deck anymore. That's what my fear is. Because like towards the end of Rug Delver, it was becoming very green centric. Um, and I'm curious if that it's not because I think Tarmogoyf's good enough, and I think you've got enough support green cards that you don't even have to go to Nimble Mongoose. But like, well, I don't know if the red is good enough. Like, if you go black, I think like you're probably getting a better overall plan because it like deals with combo and what depths. So Eric Landon messaged me to help him with like Brixis Delver. And one of the things that we came to was uh, three Lightning Bolt, three Fatal Push because of how things have been shaping up in the format. Just like you said, so green-centric. Lightning Bolt was getting weaker and weaker. Fatal Push was getting better and better. You still wanted the reach, but you didn't want four bolts per se. And uh, like I get it, but I do think that um like the format is going to get decentralized from green right like you're going to have more people trying to play you know, pyromancer arcane artisan or not arcane Artisan. well you're going to see arcane artisan uh dreadhorde arcanist but you're also going to see arcane artisan as like a response to the increase in like people playing mopey control and discard spells like that card obviously gets better but 
you're going to see a lot more bolt targets floating around as opposed to before where it was like, you know, the Delvermere was really dominated by people playing a deck that couldn't really answer its own threats. So the mirror was just like this weird, just dumpster fight. I'm glad that I never have to play it again, to be honest. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Like Since I played so a often. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm done. I'm. Well, I tell you what, though, I, I really do think Bug will be the premier blue deck for a while. I hope I'm wrong, but. I don't think Oko will be problematic, but I think like the old bug control decks playing Jace, and I think they don't even have to play Jace as much anymore. They just play Oko. So I, I think it's actually kind of funny that Jace is going to slowly fall away. So slowly. True. True. Very true. <laughs> I, I also don't like uh, miracles. I've seen some of the miracles cabals excited, and I'm like, Still has all the same problems to me. My first thought was that Tundra was unbanned, and then I remembered Oko existed, and then I remembered your best answers were like Red Blast and Council's Judgment, and probably mostly leaning in on Council's Judgment. And um, then I was just off it. <laughs> just I'm I'm good. The many phases I'm of good. the Tundra Mage of a, of a, a reformed Tundra Mage. I could play this. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, never mind. You know what sounds good? <laughs> not, not not playing, playing two-hour leagues where I go 3-2 because design mistakes from Wizards of the Coast. Oh, yeah. That's, I got better I things to do with my life. I don't know when they'll stop hearing about it. Um, <laughs> about design mistakes. But it'll oh. be for it'll be a while. <laughs> you know they're gonna hear about them design mistakes all day, per day. <laughs> I yep. mean, until twenty nineteen gets banned from competitive magic, like, what else are we gonna do? Like, I I need I need a city in the bottle for twenty nineteen magic cards. Like <laughs> that's what I need. <laughs> I, I feel like it's not unreasonable. We've had sitting in the bottle effects for bad sets. Why can't we get them for a good set? <laughs> so, so sitting in a bottle for 2019 is the number of people just quitting magic. That's how that's going to work out. Just eventually realizing that you just don't want to deal with what's going on. Right. But I mean, like, I want to be fair about it. Like, I do think we're going to get a, a big shakeup. Um, I, I'm glad that Wizards responded to everybody complaining. Um, hashtag, like, you know, me for having foil run in sixes, but at the same time, this is like my fifth play set of foil cards that have been banned, so whatever. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to, I'd like for them to stop, but at the same time, I'm glad for magic's sake. So, because I didn't, I wasn't playing rent, uh, Legacy anymore. So, yeah, I, I wasn't really touching Legacy either. Like, I was doing other stuff, playing Pioneer, sleeping, 
uh, <laughs> just <laughs> delving into the depths of the greatness that was Disney Plus. You know, I watched The Mandalorian. Um, got got some Baby Yoda on. Yeah, yeah, that was. Ugh. That's that's a whole different discussion. Uh, oh, you don't you don't have to nerd out on me. I'm good. We'll we'll, we'll probably have we we'll probably have the we'll same have thoughts. Talk later. <laughs> the mysterious <laughs> leprechaun creature with no name, no background. Look, I'm just saying I'm I'm tight. Like I understand why George Lucas has intentionally not revealed anything about Yoda's race, but it's hella frustrating uh that they haven't revealed anything about Yoda's race. So it's literally <laughs> they've literally just like hooked my nutsack by like a literary, you know, clamp. It's just like if you want to learn more, you gotta stay here. And you know what? If I if I was actually paying for Disney Plus, I would be mad. <laughs> oh, that's where you go with it, huh? Like I'm paying for Look, it, and that's where you go with it. <laughs> no, my man's has Dis has Verizon, so he gets a year free. Like I can maybe slide you that login though. No, I bought Why three years. <laughs> I bought three years. <laughs> Sorry, you bought three years. Jesus, yes. they had a People they had a pay for streaming. Yeah, we talked. We oh, hold on. This. Speaking of which, on this on this uh, topic, if anyone who listens to this podcast uh, has an HBO Go or Plus <laughs> or Pro login, uh, I've been wanting to watch Euphoria for a minute. <clears throat> Just slide your boy the login, twitter.com backslash Lawrence Harmon. Uh, if you message me on Facebook, I may notice. I don't know. I don't really use Facebook like that. Don't send me a friend request, please. I'll just leave it in limbo. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, was... magic is trash. Yeah. You know, what's the card? <laughs> Apocalypse Charm. Or Apocalypse Chime. I'm sorry. Apocalypse Chime. You know what Apocalypse... Everybody knows what City in the Bottle is. You know what Apocalypse Chime is? Son, why are you making me Google cards that are as old as I am? Jesus true, Christ. True. It's got dope art, and it's two mana, pay two, sack it, destroy all non-token permanents with a name originally printed in the Homelands expansion. They can't be regenerated. Why do they have hate cards for Homelands? I just guess. Homeland sucks. Because Homelands was a poorly constructed set and like was either just underpowered card designs or it was like underpowered card designs. Uh, yes. Yeah, or just like hate <laughs> cards. Like I they, look, they were all bad my, cards. When I got into Magic, my LGS had a bunch of Homelands and they would sell them for a dollar. So it was just like, you know, you do mediocre at F and M, just pick up some homelands. That was my life for a while, you know. Oh. Shout out to Baron Singier. Yay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> gang gang. Um, still sucks. Oh yeah, it's garbage. <laughs> thralls. <laughs> thralls were like the key <laughs> thralls were like the key mechanic of that format. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean Homelands <laughs> is like really bad. Eternal playables. Uh none. Um I mean we had oh my god, I'm trying to think. I think Merchant Scroll Memory lapse. Don't say leeches. Leeches is what everyone always remembers. Um, yeah, that's it. 
I can't think. I mean, I'm a blue mage, so I only name blue cards. But like, all the cards sucked. But there was a card that said, "No, you can't have any homeland stuff. Make it go away. We need something for 2019. We need it." <laughs> like all cards printed in 2019. Sorry about you, commander players and expansions. They're, they're, you're going to take some ancillary hate with this and get get destroyed too. It's funny. I kind of got Morrow mad at me because, like, he tweeted out last year the that he was really excited for all the things that would be happening in 2019, and a bunch of like people in Magic Twitter were like retweeting that, like, ha ha ha, dumbass. <laughs> and I like retweeted. I was like, he's going to delete this tweet, so all of you stop retweeting it. And then he responded to me like, why would I delete this tweet? And uh talked about how he was proud of like all the things and blah blah blah. and then like a bunch of random japanese accounts liked the tweet at like 3 a.m it was really weird and uh i don't know where i'm going with this i just wanted to mention that it was just like i i brought that whole thing up like as like a meme making fun of the people who were like misunderstanding his intent with that tweet and then maro got mad at me kind of yeah uh I was watching the magic um, Twitch before right before the cast, and Paul Tion was on there, and they were talking about things. And I know that that entire play design, the testers, the creators, they're trying to push cards to sell packs. I get it, and they have a really hard job because, like, when an Ixalan block comes out, people are angry. When Homelands comes out, people are angry because the cards suck. But I don't know. We talked about it last cast. There's been a lot of cards going straight to eternally playable and vintage playable. So uh, eternally playable, completely game destroying potato potato. <laughs> right. I I what I mean, you know, I just don't know. Um I Matt Sperling had an uh, a rebuttal article on Channel Fireball. It's linked in the show notes. It's amazing. Um, Play Design had an article. I read it. I was, I was kind of baffled. <laughs> that article had people tight. <laughs> yeah. They, they had people, every right to be. <laughs> people were not happy about that. Uh, the <laughs> oops, I guess, article. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... My issue with it was they use bullet. They use this bullet point. Uh, they use the word fire, which is funny because the philosophy of fire is, is has history in magic, and they they actually put we adopted a philosophy we call fire. And I was just like, I think they don't know that they used philosophy of fire, but they did because, but they used it the wrong way because they have it fun, inviting, replayable, and exciting. I want to know what not is, lightning what is ex- plus one card advantage. Yeah, I mean replayable, replayable is replayable. Oko, is that replayable? Like, uh, is that inviting? I know it's fun for one side of the table. <laughs> so it's um, it's something, I guess. <sighs> I mean, the philosophy of fire was about. You know, crushing your opponents in in a very efficient manner and making their cards not matter. Oko is that. <laughs> so, I mean, 
And they, and they talked about powering up standard sets and trying to like, they did say Throne of Eldrain was the peak, which I'm curious about. But yeah, the thing nobody asked for. But hey, I don't. Ugh. Ugh. I feel like we're going off the rails at this point, just rambling. And, no, we're uh, good. What else is going on? That's kind of basically this. Uh, magic has been pretty terrible. They also mentioned in the article, real quick, that they're going to work on low-cost answers to Planeswalkers. Oh, sick. Hopefully so, they're actually playable. Yeah, oh, I mean... Liliana's Triumph actually gain... No, Liliana's Triumph doesn't really gain equity anymore, right? No, like Oko. It kind of did, it kind of didn't, but like, yeah, Oko, it's like the go-to is green. As yep. opposed to, like, before, like, there was a period where Liliana's Triumph was nuts because everybody was playing, like, Grixis Delver with Gurmags and stuff, and it was just, like, <laughs> it was running train on the format. I think the big difference was Deathrite Shaman. Like, you always had four targets. Like, so it was kind of like, ah, eh, this is free. So. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Liliana's Triumph. You know. Uh, Liliana, no. I'm not. Not not triumph. Liliana's triumph's the edict. Um, or Liliana's Liliana's defeat. defeat. Yeah. 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 You got there. I shout out to Deathrite Shaman. We look. We Loki miss you. You know, baby, come back. You can blame it all on me. <laughs> I don't actually know the rest of the lyrics to that song. Um, so you've been playing some Pioneer? Yeah, yeah. Uh, format is kind of terrible, but also kind of great. It's heavily dedicated on efficiency. I didn't play much Magic last week. Um, with regards to Pioneer, I played a League of Mono Black, and it felt great. And then I played Blue Green Stompy, and it felt good. And then I played like the Bant ramp deck from the Invitational, and I I didn't finish five matches with it and return the cards to main traders. Um, yeah, Pioneer as a format is just like all about not stumbling and just... Uh, why didn't they ban Smuggler's Copter or something? Like, um... like just something... Like, the games with Smuggler's Copy are really annoying because your opponent just gets to run away with the game because they have better draw filtering than you. And it's... And what, there's there's a week of PTQs, like, next week-ish or something. So, like, they didn't ban anything. So, like, the level one metagame is people going to be jamming mono black, and then we'll see how everyone reacts from there. Because... Mono Black just is a super efficient deck that has cheap threats. Not even like powerful threats. Like what? You're playing a one mana one one that like when it taps you your opponent loses a life and you gain a life? Like that is an objectively powerful card. It's just like a deck that can get on the board faster than you and has enough disruption. Yeah. It's kind of uh I hate Once Upon a Time. But I think I hate it 
in every format. I hate it. Standard. Glad it's gone. It needs to go from modern to the three best decks. Get it out. And I really hate it in Bionair. So, yeah. like, I that's my issue. I, I don't mind Smuggler's Copter as much because it makes them play bad cards to enable it. No, it doesn't. It. No, it doesn't. It, so, like, Model Black is, like, one of arguably bad cards. Just because of Smuggler's Copter. It's like... That's like not that big of a deck building cost. I I, I I agree with you, but I just like... I'm not... I don't find that to be as egregious as the mana... The mana elves are... They're way more powerful and you're getting to the board and you're getting, you're getting busy real quick. The, the mana elves are insane. Yeah. Like, I yeah. really find they have 12 of them with the gooses of 12 and then you've got once upon a time that's like 16 hits to get you to a turn one mana elf play and i just find that frightening i i get you on smuggler's copter smuggler's copter giving them the redundant ability to move through the deck i feel like you can do something about that a lot easier than the mana dorks are just everywhere and i mean like, the issue is is like what answer are you going to board in for Smuggler's Copter against Mono Black? Are you going to board in a Naturalize effect? No, you're going to feel like an idiot. I would. I mean, sure, you may, but you're still going to feel dumb, right? I'm not going to be happy about it, but they do have eight artifacts. Like, their threats are artifact-based, basically. Because, like, what is it? Uh, Scrappy Scrounger and... Sure, I, I forgot about... Uh, I forgot about Scrounger. I guess that is a Magic the Gathering card that is legal in the uh, Legacy format. Well, right. But in Pi Pioneer, like, that card's, like, their other threat that is super annoying. Like, that's an annoying card that just keeps coming back. Keeps coming back. <laughs> I, I, I hear you on... Uh, Loot Scooter, especially since Loot Scooter lets them loot their cards and they just bring them back, because they're all cards they bring back in the graveyard. So, I definitely, I personally do not like the Once Upon a Time, because currently it's finding it's finding Doomblade, Hero's Downfall, uh, it's finding all these effects, because they printed, you know, it goes back to the design philosophy again, but they printed here. Once upon a time, which can theoretically only find a creature, and here's a bunch of spell creatures that are cool. You know, like, here's Hero's Downfall on a creature. You can find it. There's a ravenous Chukacabra creature that's a Tarmogoyf. Like, those are play patterns that are right now legal in the format. And not to mention, the Mono Green Devotion deck doesn't even bother with any of that. It's just like, we're gonna kill you. <laughs> we're gonna go find Ulamog and we're going to make this game over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised you played the Bant deck. The Bant deck is uh, so far from being progressive. Well, it looked fun. Like, I... So... <sighs> so my dude Luke sent me a deck list that was banned. And I probably should have just tried his deck list. But uh, I pegged Supreme Verdict as being a card that I felt was good in the format right now. 
not necessarily like the blue white control decks like even though like aspiring spike keeps randomly doing well with it or whatever like who that whatever to me it's more just like the the card supreme verdict is doing a lot in terms of just being like one of the better removal spells so it stuck out to me as something to maybe lean in on i wasn't quite sure how hard i wanted to lean in on it but it was something that i wanted to try so like i was too lazy to look at look up the list that luke sent me and i ended up just copy pasting um the list from the top eight and uh i kind of wish i just hadn't wasted that time because like so so one of the things like leading up to it is like the there there are escape shifts in some lists and i felt like escape shift was like a do nothing or win more card and then the more i played the more i realized like oh okay escape shift is actually like kind of fire um so i don't i don't know it's i it's just awkward like the format is so punishing right now right like if you're kind of just caught doing the wrong thing you just get bodied also the list from the top eight had multiple copies of oko and I think playing Oka with like no actual ability to generate a reasonable board state in the early to mid game is just completely foolish because the card doesn't do anything. So like, yeah, like I should have tried a loot list that had, it still had a bunch of lands, but I don't think it had 30. It had a Fae of Wishes. It had some scape shifts. It still had the Settled Wreckage and the Verdicts. Uh, it's still an hour of promise, but it had four to fairy time raveler as actual like relevant bounce, and then it sideboarded the Okos. And then like you obviously had the Fae of Wish is still, you know kinda steal games, I guess. But you could um, get the Oko if you need it. Mm-hmm. Like you could go get the but, Oko. Because you're not gonna play Oko until you've balanced the board anyway, so it makes more sense to wish for it. Right, and one thing that's definitely miserable is playing, like, 28-plus land EDH mana base where most of your lands ETB tap while your opponent plays basic swamp savannah lions, right? Oh, they're all, like, five to six temples. <laughs> temples, <laughs> one of them play five. gain lands, scry lands, lumbering falls, check lands. Lands that just straight up say ETB tapped. Ugh. Are you playing? Was this a Field of the Dead version? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't the, the, touch all of the non Field of the Dead version. Well, the, the all the Field of the Dead versions are like that because of the cost of Field of the Dead, which, whatever. It's still busted. Play a land, make a zombie. <laughs> Good job. But they, um, because they usually facilitate some number of uh, fabled passage and some basics, they don't have room to like double up on their fast lands and shock lands. So they're they are coming into play hot and tapped. <laughs> Irrigated farmland, one of the best worst magic cards ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you even play Scattered Grove. That's yep. the 
That's the that's the white green one. Yeah, it's like really bad. I, I didn't even know that card existed until this weekend. So I was like, what am I doing with my life? How did I get here? Well, I like the ones that get tricked out and they play like um, the rest in peace land scavenger grounds. Yeah, I had one of those as well. <laughs> you were playing all tricked. You were all tricked. Thirty out. lands, Steve. Thirty lands. Oh 30 yeah, lands, blast zone and mana base. The deck. Think of every like land that has an ability in Pioneer in Bant colors, and uh, and sometimes not even in Bant. Deck. <laughs> oh yeah, probably had it in my deck, and um, you hated your life. Oh my god. I don't think I've ever like not finished a league before just dropping and moving on. I just straight up was like off it. The deck's like, good, but man, does it not do anything. Like it yeah. does nothing. <laughs> the deck is two forests, two planes, four field four of the dead. Field of the dead. And, yep. and then singletons. Yep. Uh, that's funny. I can't believe that's the deck. <laughs> I don't know how you decide to, to play Turbo Fog without Fog's deck. Yo, I don't... <laughs> I don't know. I was in a good place in life and decided to tear myself down, I guess. you know. What are you playing Legacy? <laughs> Delver. Oh, man. <laughs> what are you playing Modern? Oh, I played Grixis Shadow. I played Jun. What are you playing in Pioneer? <laughs> fog without Fog. <laughs> Next level. <laughs> you ever played 30 lands without life from the low? <laughs> yep. Speaking of which, Punishing Fire in Legacy. Back on that the card just That card just got hard unbanned. Did it? I think so. I think, like, Rud lands with Oko and Punishing Fire, really good. I, my issue is I think everything still could have at least three toughness. So I'm not I, sure if I like it. Potentially, but like... So like, Punishing Fire was just hard unplayable before because of Tarmac Wife. And now it's like, actually playable again? Because people are going to like sleep up Young Pyromancer and random other things. Actually, you're right, because DNT... Because DNT... Right. DNT Soft got unbanned, so did Elves. People, yeah. people are going to yeah. show up with like DNT and Elves and then they're going to go like, die to Plague Engineer. Like, right now where I'm at with uh, coming up with ideas for for Grix's Delver is like, do I play Plague Engineer in my main deck or not? And I think the answer is like, one Plague Engineer main. Maybe like one True Name as well. Like, I, I still think True Name is good, but I also think Plague Engineer main, probably just a free roll. At least while people are like, playing their dorky pet decks. I can see it. I can definitely see it. I mean, I'm going to be playing... Plague Engineer is my main deck. If when I'm playing, I'm gonna be Plague Engineer and people like crazy. So, oh. Grixis Control or Delver or some mid rangey deck. I think you know you want to hand a truck. You know you yep. want to hand a truck somebody. I do want to play Grixis Control again. Um, now that it can be played without feeling like I'm working harder than I need to. Um, but I also want to play Soulside Control, so that's my issue. Like, the only reason I want to play Grixis is so I can play Dreadhorde Arcanist. And then oh, you're after... thinking that build of Grixis with, like, um, Prismatic Vista, the, like, super basic land-heavy yep. version of Grixis? Interesting. Yep. 
Well, you've uh, got like you can play Astrolabe or not. Yeah, you can play Astrolabe. Like you can play Astrolabe to have good clean mana, and you can support him to Turox if you want, and then you can play like all the other good spells. And there's like some interesting grabs. Like we haven't, I haven't got to try try Brazen Borrower in that form of build, and Brazen being like a bounce spell and a win con seems cool to me. I think it's just good enough in like the Delver decks to justify playing. Mostly because of mostly because it's just like a threat that also answers mirror lage, but in straight mid rangey shells, I'm not sure I like it as much. Um, I think card economy is going to really matter, and I don't think you can afford to like zero for one yourself. Uh, whereas like you know the Delver decks can like bounce something and then like wasteland and you playing today, so it's like a dip, bit of a different play pattern. But for a like slower mid rangey shell, you can't really afford to unless you're really leaning hard in on discard effects and with along with your dread of arcanus, then like maybe you get some equity. That's where I'm thinking. Like if I'm playing Thoughtseize hymns and some combination of Lilianas, can I get away with playing Brazen Borrower? And it, you know, then is it worth it? And like to me, like that kind of opens up some design space because of these adventure creatures in Grixis control, being able to play them as a like instead of a target score and play a borrower, and being able to like bounce something and then flip around and it become a creature to win the game. Because normally you like answer, you answer, you answer, you can't win. But some of these cards now are modal basically and become like a pseudo win con. Yeah, that's that's definitely a way to look at it. Um, I don't know. We'll see. It's it's just one of those things. Like, will you have time? Right. Like, if, if this was like a matter of like, oh, Jace the Mind Sculptor or something clunkier, sure. But Oko just comes down so fast, and people are playing like Gilded Goose and Noble Hierarch and random other dorky stuff to enable that card. So you can't even like guarantee that you're going to be able to properly leverage um, like actually properly leverage uh, what's the card? Uh, right, right. Like you may not, you just may not have the time. No, I definitely think it'll be something I have to, well, it also cuts into my Snapcaster spells. So like it's going to be something that I have to think about at a higher level. It was when I'm like, when I first level one the deck out, I was thinking I could play Liliana, The Last Hope, and rebuy my creatures easier. That's like, the card I've been wondering about, to be honest. Um, she seems good at face value, but she's, like, wildly outclassed by some of the other walkers. Like, she doesn't attack on the same axis, so, like... Do you need Liliana the Last Hope if you also have played in there? And the answer is like probably not. Or do you need Liliana the Last Hope if you have the Oko? It's like it kind of does a thing, but it it's not that insane. Flash also stands up very poorly against opposing Okos. Maybe there's really like I like the reasons to play that card historically are just like not valid anymore because. She requires a huge tax on your mana. Uh, and 
she doesn't have as high of an impact in terms of like when she enters the pl battlefield uh, as your other effects do. Or do. Yeah. I like her with Plague Engineer to buy back the Plague Engineer because he's usually such a house. I don't like her in Infernal Format. That that would be my only theory thought is if we have the Ogre format, how good is that card? Yeah, that's basically what I'm worried about. That Legacy is just going to be Oko the format. Like, I get that you can probably just run a bunch of Rutikes and Pyroblast uh, in theory, which could work. But ugh. I, I'm worried that we're going to... we Like, we just went from a format where uh, we didn't have format diversity because of, like, an overpowerful Planeswalker, and I'm worried that we're going to jump straight into another format where we won't have diversity due to a different overpowered planeswalker and like maybe the game dynamics will be different maybe it'll be a bit slower you know like not having to play blue elemental blast is huge um because that effect was fairly narrow so like being able to just like play a bunch of red elemental blasts and be able to like splash hate a bunch of the format along with the card that ails you could be potentially fine but i'm still uncomfortable oh yeah i i don't know i want to try Sultai out that's like probably number one for me right now is Sultai. grixis is up there but like once again i want to play grixis red horde not for red because i'm really not impressed with red going into the new format so um and i know we're always going to feel differently about that like I, I I'm I'm still worried about the rest of the format still. Now there is some more blue like coming up, like that Echoes of Eon Narset deck's been getting really hyped. Yo and, Mega Man, that's what they're yeah. calling it now. Yeah. Mega Man. The Callum Smith special, aka cards printed in twenty nineteen plus ancient tomb and chalice of the void. That deck. That's that's what it is. Yep. Well, so I mean, it, it works. Like <laughs> the deck is uh, the deck is a neat deck. It's a, it's funny because it's my pioneer deck, basically, but without full uh, time But I do I like the idea of the deck. I do like that deck. I think it's cool. Um, and that makes me want like that's a scary non-blue blue deck. But like everything else, like I think I only want red blast for just blue decks, and like I think okay. well, so it's hard to like actually gauge how good red blast is the card because it's been day zero, right? So we'll yeah. see in like a week or two. So everything from here is just like mostly speculation based on just like trying to make predictions of metagame based on how players tend to generally adapt to things slash where people are going to go and like there's going to be a huge swath of format that are just going to pick up their pet deck so i can play elves so i can play death and tech so i can play maverick so i can play uh again. sure um <laughs> <laughs> that was on a hot take look hot take first look, look on the band look, i can play ninjas <laughs> what's gonna happen is i'm gonna be chilling in a league at like 3 a.m I'm going to get paired up against Yozo. I'm going to get fucking bodied by blue-black ninjas. 
Oh yeah. And uh, you need to, you need to Skype me in so I can no, watch the gloriness. No. Actually, I don't want to see it. I do it all the time. Every time it. I play against Yozo, like I only get paired against Yozo when I'm playing some dorky con- like mid ranger control deck that cares about card advantage, and every one of their cards is just nothing but two for ones. And I just get buried, and it's like turn four, and I'm sitting there with two cards in hand, and they have 13. I'm just like, how did this happen? How did I get here? Can I file <laughs> life for choices. comp for this? <laughs> like, <laughs> what do I write? Got paired against Yozo. Why did you do this to me? Please Ninjas, stop. man. Ninjas. <laughs> like, That's what you yo, write. Ninjas. I'm hurt. I'm crying. Like, Black Lives Matter. Hey, it's a blue black deck. It knows. <laughs> it is. No, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I I have a lot of thoughts about where I would expect players to just kind of knee jerk reaction go to as their fallbacks, and then the general assumptions that a lot of players are going to make. And I think that Red Elemental Blast is going to be good against those things. Um, but we'll see, I guess. Like, I could be wrong, but I'm inclined to believe. Like, Red Blast, it's legacy. Like, Red Blast is so ubiquitous in this format. It's so hard for the card to not just, like, be good. I think 2019 changed Magic in more than one way. And philosophy has come about. Where people are like, well, he's really not that good anymore. Like we were, like we were the we, first fifteen years of Magic, we were the thing. But the last ten years of cards have shifted from blue, and those cards are infecting the Eternal formats more and more. So I don't know, man. Like I, I look at these, I look at my cards, like for my Soul Tide list, I'm looking at these cards, and I'm like, that's not blue. That's not blue. That's not blue. And they're all threats or things. That, and some of them are old cards, like, you know, Sylvan Library. Like, Sylvan Library is not a blue card. That's going to be in my deck. I mean, you were playing I'm worried about your... Teferi and Narset. Oh, I if I'm playing green, I'm playing Sylvan Library. Just, like, religiously. Like, right. that's just me. Like, I love that card. That's straight up. Like, even if it's, like, good, bad, whatever. I'm playing Sylvan Library because I can't. I can. I can. You took my top of my library. I still got my library card. Exactly. They let black people read in this decade. <laughs> well, <laughs> gosh. I don't even know if I can. Like, I want to laugh, like, really much. And then I can't laugh, but then I can laugh. It's so awkward. <laughs> it's like one of those things. Uh, no, nah, like... I mean, like, the thing about Sylvan Library is, like, it's never been bad. It's just, like, if you're playing a grindy matchup, if you untap with Sylvan Library, you're probably just winning. So it's just, like, that's just it. The whole thing is, like, Narset and Leobold exist. Um, do you think... Do you think... Oko probably just, like, replaces Leobold in, like, whatever deck slot, right? I'm... Outside of, like... Outside of, like, maybe a Miser, like combo hate slot where you're playing Leovold, Oko's probably replacing right? I'm scared that Leovold's going to come back. That's the one thing that I'm kind of afraid of, is Leovold. Like, that might be the the reason I want Red Blast. 
because Leo, I think Leo will be back, and that card's obnoxious and awful. And it's probably like, a brook, okay? Yeah, but that doesn't feel good, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. I <laughs> guess like, the only work that's that effect, that game is usually a grind fest, anyways. And then like they normally have like if you're playing Leobold, you know they have like sideboard Liliana the last hopes, and like it's just keep on coming. Like <laughs> it's just yeah, like if they're playing Leobold, we know their deck isn't really playable for the most part. So. Uh, yeah, the, with our lives. they they're that they're the type of player that like to call the cannibal. They like to eat their own, and they really mm. just they're, they're those blue mages. They're like, I am never losing to another blue mage, so I'm playing Leovold. And it's just like Leovold's not playable, but yes, you will burn the other blue decks to ground. You will raise them, you know, and but like the rest of Legacy will not care about your card. But congratulations, you have it. So I don't know. I don't want Leovold. But I do think that Leobold is back on the menu because mana bases aren't going to be crucible locked out. So these insane mana bases are back on the menu. So maybe I'm wrong. I hope I am. Uh, we'll see. I think Leobold is um, hard to cast and awkward and only good in a few select deck shells, and I'm not sure those deck shells are actually good, so... Yeah, I do think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna uptick automatically. It's gonna uptick because it wasn't good to play that type of deck unless you were chasing a ton. So I think we're gonna see it back on like everybody's watch list as cards have to worry about. I mean, I, I still don't think it's good, but I mean, he only plays like one when he does play it, so. Strifo or yeah yeah Chase Sorry. yeah Sorry. I mean his deck is <clears throat> oh I'm curious to see where his deck goes he yes. probably just reverts to some like previous build with like he doesn't really play counter spells right he doesn't like he doesn't play enough of anything for you to like really factor that in so like plus one land plus one punishing fire plus one punishing fire plus one land. Plus one Leobold, because I think he took Leobold out. No, he had like one, I think. Maybe okay. he'll go back to one. Whatever. Uh, I haven't been paying super too close attention. Um, he probably has like plus one Thoughtseize or something like that. Uh, maybe. He may be worried about Veil of Summer. I'm sure, I don't think he... Like, he doesn't believe in one drops. They're like against his religion. <laughs> Can't can't lose the chalice if I don't have any ones. Exactly. <laughs> like you like your opponent chalice on ones and you look at your hand of like twelve combined total CMC and then you play Baleful Strix. Uh and then you look at them. And then you Chase, play like <laughs> If you're still listening to the cast. <laughs> Not all of Thirst for Knowledge <laughs> feel so look, strongly about you. I, I respect his. I respect him as a player. I also just like find it funny how his deck has like almost no one drops in a format based around efficiency, or at least that's how I see legacy. So like, <clears throat> you know, it's just funny. Like Chase he gets is obviously him. very good, and he's like very like the whole thing about Chase's deck is like if he gets to four mana, you're just kind of getting bodied, right? 
Yes. Like, he's yes. doing... Like, the things he's doing with his mana... Uh, Everything. His entire deck is just... Yeah, his entire deck will flex you to death. Uh, it's it's just like, what, limited? You know, like, you get the aggro limited decks and then the, the mid-range and the control decks, and if they get to... Like, you're like, I've got to kill him by this turn. I've got to have a dominant board state by this turn. Or if not, I'm dead. And that's Chase's deck in a nutshell. Like, even like the combo decks, right? If the combo decks don't have them dead. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. He just wins the game. Like, they just die and they don't know what happened. But as as he's taking up Dak Faden, discarding Punishing (laughs) rebuying them back. (laughs) So, I, uh, I don't know. I think, uh, I think Legacy's going to be in a weird place for a while. I don't know. I don't know how much I'll like it or not. I, I know I'll like it more than playing the Mirror of Rug Delver, the play draw Mirror of a Lifetime. So I'm I'm inclined to believe that I'm going to be curious about the new state of Legacy for like a week, and then I'm going to hate it. <laughs> like I'm I, that's uh, if if what I expect the format to shift towards is true i'm still just not gonna like it yeah i i really don't want delver anymore i know no, like the that, issue is like the issue me, is like a... there's gonna be it's really hard to play like mid-rangey strategies and legacy when there's these obnoxiously powerful mid-rangey cards so it's like i don't want to like i don't want to have to slog through an oka with my fair deck like i'm just gonna play delver and just like have you mostly dead by the time that card comes down or just spell pierce you, right? So it's... I just don't... Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, we're in the same place. I mean, I really just don't want to play in the format. If they're gonna, I, I really needed them to do something a little bit more, but we'll see what happens. I hope... I, I don't want to play against Delver anymore. That's where I'm at. I think as long as Dover, it's kind of like what I said before about uh, Once Upon a Time. Like, with Once Upon a Time in the Pioneer format and you're playing green, you just almost always play Once Upon a Time. Like, just you just play it. You know, there there's some decks I'm like, why are they playing this? And then, like, you, you think about it and you sit down and you're like, well, I mean, the worst case scenario, it hits a land. So it's like almost like a free non-mulligan every game. So and it and the first one like makes you a fifty nine card deck anyways. So like I'm always like you should just play once upon a time and I feel like that with Delver as long as Delver is gonna be <clears throat> a legacy, you should just play Delver. Like there's no reason to not play Delver at this point. Like even even yeah. if you have to play blue red. Yeah, like we had this discussion about how like if you wanted Delver. Delver's always going to be one of the best decks in the format, just based on, like, the tenets of Legacy. And I think Delver being consistently one of the best decks is a good thing, right? Because it gives... It it has... It's the police of Legacy, right? It, it keeps... Like, like, you can... It's the bridge between, like, miracles and lands, right? Lands keeps people from doing too, like grindy mopey dumb fair stuff and miracles keeps people from doing like super dumb combo stuff 
and Delver just like holds the middle where it's like it's good enough against both the dumb fair stuff and dumb combo stuff that it just like holds everything together but the issue lately is just how good Delver has been in terms of just getting a stack of ridiculously powerful threats and um ugh it is like I, I like when Delver is a good deck, but not the best deck. Like if Delver's the best deck, then the format tends to just kind of be in the spot where you should play Delver, you should not play. But I don't know. We've had a lot of Delver being the best deck, and maybe maybe it is time to like sit down and actually like look at it and go, hey, this shouldn't exist. We have like what Grix Delver, we have Renan Six Delver, we had mongoose rug delver we've had a lot of delver centric formats right yes and uh i don't know i don't know it's like obviously i'm kind of biased on this because i like playing delver but maybe maybe it's time to give old delvery boy the axe and like you you know elvish pioneer exists uh, and wild cattle exists there's a stack of things that exist that could potentially um take the place of the card Delver secret specifically. So, yeah. I mean, you've got even, like, what? what is the dumb the dumb snake, the level-up snake that you hate? Hexdrinker. Yeah, like, so I hated Hexdrinker in part because it died to Renin 6. So now it may actually be, like, a way more reasonable card. Uh, I actually think it's probably gained in power because, like, Hexdrinker being another X one was pretty terrible, but now that it isn't, uh, I I could see it. I could see it being something. Yeah, I I mean, I really just I don't want, like I know some people are worried if Delver's gone, combo reigns supreme, and I'm like I don't think so. I think miracles. I think there's enough counter magics and stuff to do that you can configure your deck to deal with anything now. But I think the problem is like the control decks can't deal with combo and Delver, and like it's different. Like the combo, de- like you can configure miracles to deal with combo, and then it'll lose to burn. Well, that's fine. That's an aggro deck that beats <sighs> control deck. Burn and is then, yeah, yeah. Burn right. is definitely supposed to just beat up control decks. Right, but that but like. And then and then the the combo deck beats the burn deck. That's like the re, that's the fundamental points of magic. You know, control beats combo, combo beats aggro, aggro beats control. That was like the that was like our tenants of way back when. But this mid range Delver deck that's been going on for about ten years now has violated that kind of principle because it can act as all three points. I mean, it, it's even been a combo deck. When the Deathrite Shaman, Taxi and Probe, Cabal Therapy, Young Pyromancer deck existed. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to do it to you two weeks in a row. Boomer. Yeah. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, I agree. It's just like Delver was fine as a concept when it was this strictly tempo deck. But when players realized that you could play more of a mid-rangey game plan and not really lose equity at all and be objectively more powerful, um, yeah, 
it's it is yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's i mean it's bread and butter daddy it's that honda civic with the ghost ride the whip again yeah, oh yeah. i need it i need it to never happen again i don't want i don't i never want that Chris's devil deck back i'd no, rather have I'm Brennan saying, i'm about to bust out my about to bust out my k-pop young peasies yeah uh, I would, I would honestly rather play against Red and Six than that versus Double Dragon. Uh, I, I, I actually think the game. So, this is purely subjective, but I found Death Rate Shaman games, even though like, so Death Rate Shaman was like, ugh. That was my response when my opponent played Death Rate Shaman. Exactly, just a loud groan. But there was still just like, I can play out from under this. When my opponent played a Red and Six, it was just like. I'm dead. Right click, hover <laughs> over concede, pause, take a draw step, play a spell, get it countered, right click concede. Yeah. Like that was the gameplay pattern. So maybe I'm just jaded and have things in a different perspective, but oh, I, I'm so glad Rain 6 is gone. Uh, we'll see what happens with Legacy. Um,. I hope it doesn't become the Oko Hell. I think it'll be. I. Oh, wait till you I, see Bant Oko, right? With uh, that, with a uh, noble hierarch. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I think Bug Oko, right? Like you just you don't need noble hierarch. You just need four Gilded Goose. Realistically, like you don't need the turn two Oko curve every time. And like having black actually makes you not garbage against control. Or well, not no, control but, combo. But noble hierarch's back. <sighs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's back. Sure. You know, sure. You know, Fork Bolt's a card, right? We can, we can catch you with one of those. Catch you lacking. Oh, that's not gonna stop them. They're, they're still gonna play. True. They're gonna play. It's gonna be Bant Blade with Oko, which we couldn't see really because of Red and Six. They're gonna, be, they're gonna be signing up. Better diversify your creature types. <laughs> I'm just saying. Better. Better make sure your stocks and bonds are broad. <laughs> when you have to start naming elks with your plague engineers Ooh, to keep up with the nah, them elkin. <laughs> if plague engineer on elk ever crosses my mind, I'm. Mm. You know, <sighs> you know what the best part about playing Bandblade is when you're out of equipment. The stone fortunistics become elks. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Termites batter skull German elk for the culture. <gasps> oh, man. Is that, mm. is that a 7-7 seven, seven vigilance creature? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Thick boy. All right. <laughs> we're, we're going off the deep end. Let's close this out. Um uh yeah we have a stack of new patrons um we have jason m john k i ye all right it is three chinese characteristics was what was sent to the patreon and the closest thing i could find was ye but because i can't remember how their name orientation goes i'm sorry sir that's what i got (laughs) yeah my it's been a while since I've studied Chinese, so 
I'm real off, but uh, shout out to the homie. Uh, Shingo S, Burton L, Alexandros S, Marion K, and Thomas B. Oh, Thomas. Hey, buddy. Um, and in terms of finding us on social media, you can find Steve at Raceland I am, uh, R A I S T L I A N I M. Never gonna actually nail that. Uh, you can find me at Lawrence Harmon, and you can find our dope ass editor Liz at Ellie of the Vale. Um, and of course, the podcast can be found on Twitter and Patreon at uh, respective website backslash thirstforcast. And uh, yeah, I'll be posting some metagamey stuff soon. I was gonna post it tonight. Uh, this is Monday when we're recording it, but. Uh, I was informed that the GP isn't this weekend, so I'm not going to murder myself trying to pump out content within a week. Uh, I'll still probably get it out pretty soon for you guys, but uh, yeah, have a good one. See ya.